Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is Knowledge Born Zero Seven. Um, it, it was kind of a chance encounter, I guess. I guess it's not that chance. He actually reached out to me on Facebook. Um, we had mutual friends. Uh, actually, Tommy Dubs, who has been on the show early on in the show. I think he's like episode 14 or something. Um, but he, Tommy Dubs worked with Knowledge Born uh, a long time ago when he did a remix for him. So they're mutual friends. And then uh, that's probably how we linked up on Facebook because you kind of, uh, people, they, uh, Facebook makes suggestions for um, possible friends or mutual friends. Possible friends based on mutual friends. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. You're here. We're doing this. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he reached out to me on Facebook and he uh, was just talking about collaborating and, um, you know, working together online and stuff. And I don't know how we even got onto it, but I, I invited him on the podcast and he was a great guest as you're going to hear. He, uh, you know, he's, he's about his faith. He's about his, uh, his work ethic and he's about uh you know just making music and having fun and and living with it and he's a family man and so this is a great story of somebody who's just you know just living their life and, and music is, is is just ever present you know they're living their life he uh he's a he works at a factory but it's his parents owns it, his family owns it so I'm not going to tell the story of Knowledge Born here. Why don't we just let Knowledge Born tell the story of Knowledge Born instead of me trying to tell the story of Knowledge Born. <laughs> Anyways, so we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, go ahead and write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. You can also uh, check out The Bear in the Wasteland. That is the website, WeSpeakEnglishGood.net. Leave a review on iTunes um you know uh, on soundcloud anywhere you get your podcast leave reviews and share and subscribe all of that please please i say it say it please sorry it's late i've been working all day and i'm ready for sleep so i'm gonna keep this short and sweet this little intro here uh also um if you haven't registered to uh, do the contest for that Green Acre session has going on, uh, it ends Thursday, which is tomorrow, basically. This is Wednesday, uh, whatever fucking day it is. This is, I mean, I'm, I'm finishing this up before the day's end. It's 10, 12 p.m., August 22nd. So the the contest, what we're doing is giving away a free ticket to the Sacred Harvest Music Festival out in Grand Rapids, Ohio, taking place September 7th through 9th, featuring tons of good bands, um, local favorites here in Toledo and in the region. Um, so, uh, the, so it ends tomorrow, the 23rd, at midnight and what you do is you share the video that me and jason made two silly guys just making videos no big deal um and you share it and you like it 
Remember to like our page as well, Green Acre Session. And then you go ahead and you, and that's one entry. Oh my God, I'm just rambling. I, I just feel like I'm not being concise and to the point here. <laughs> okay. If you want two entries, you tag two friends in the comments below the video. So go ahead. If you can find that on Green Acre Sessions, uh, Facebook.com slash Green Acre Session. You can find the, the, uh, the bleh, the thing the 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 video jesus christ okay this is getting hard man so the sacred harvest music festival you can buy tickets at sacredharvestmusicfest.com and that festival is featuring chris hauser of the works he's going to be doing a solo set uh, desmond jones out of grand rapids michigan electric orange peel i think they're out of Columbus, Subterranean, Dayton, I think. Waxtastic is Toledo or Grand Rapids, Ohio. Art Casual, I don't know where they're from. Bacano's Toledo, Jack, Cactus Jack, Conscious Pilot, Decent Folk, The Funk Factor, Green Acre Sessions, Gutterball, Human Juice Box, In the Grass, and much, much more. There's going to be all kinds of cool stuff going on. That's September 7th through 8th in Grand Rapids, Ohio. You can get your tickets at SacredHarvestMusicFest.com. Go do that shit, son. Anyways, we're giving away that free ticket, so go share. And I know I how I said it was just inconcise and fucking sounded like a rambling idiot. So just go to Green Acre Sessions Facebook, read the directions, and it is as that. Anyways, um, let's get to knowledge born. Um Oh yeah, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so bad at this right now. Um, so the 24th, we're having the Sacred Harvest Music Festival's pre-party at the Bronze Boar, which is featuring Wax Tastic, Cactus Jack, Angry Acre Sessions. All three of those bands, in some form, have been on this show, so you are acquainted with them. Let's uh, go out there and show support. Starts at seven. Uh, Green Acre Sessions starts at eight. So. Yeah, let's do this shit. It's fun, man. I love I love the local grassroots fucking shit. Frogtown, Glasstown, a Frogtown grassroots. They're a part of it and Waxtastic are putting on these this festival. This these awesome people are just, you know, bringing the community together and I love it. So, okay. Uh enough of me. Let's get to Knowledge Born 07. Um this took place a couple weeks ago. And it was over Facebook Messenger, so it wasn't in real life, but it was still a great talk. So uh, let's jump on over. Let's bring out Knowledge Born 07. Yo. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah, nice. What up? We're successful at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are a part of the digital age. Yes. I'm getting old, man. Oh, man, I'm with you. I'm fucking just, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I'm looking, like, like I feel like I need reading glasses now. I'm, like, doing the whole, like, <laughs> looking in, pulling out type shit. It's, it's just, uh... 
It's I guarantee you, if my 10-year-old son was here, he'd be like, Dad, you're dumb. You just do this. <laughs> my four-year-old son would just be like, dude, what's up? He'd be like, I do this on Fortnite all the time. On <laughs> Fortnite. Dude, <laughs> I've heard, I heard that is a very popular amongst the youths. And, uh, oh, man. And uh, I heard that they can devote a lot of time to it. Is, is, yeah. is that true? A little too much time, yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, what what is it? I don't even know what it is. Is it like space travel, or is it like wa- World of Warcraft, or yeah, dude. I think like what I compare all of those games to is like I don't know. I'm old, so like Doom, maybe. Yeah. You remember Doom? Yes, yes. So first player, yeah. yeah, uh, RPG or whatever. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I used to play video games when Doom was cool. So like, I played Doom and like like uh, the N64 when they had GoldenEye. Goldeneye was the shit. Yeah, man. you couldn't fuck with Goldeneye. All those, all no. those, and it was always the like, uh, uh, the not one on one, but you know, like the player versus player, because yeah, you, you'd blow through the video game, but like the real action was like f- playing your friends and like sniping them and <laughs> hours, hours. I just... mean, if you had the golden gun, dude, you were it. Yeah, man. it was over. That was the shit. You're, you're, you're like so. hiding out in the in the ducks. Is that your band yeah. back there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're having practice tonight. We usually record on Tuesday. Oh. We all have day jobs, so. Oh, right on. Uh, what do you do? Me, I I do the recording portion of it, and uh, I mean, I write some songs and. Well, I mean, I, I have, mean, your uh, day job. What's your day job? Oh, my day job. Yeah, so it's corrugated boxes. Okay, right on. Yeah, so you know, factory type stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. Blue collar, so, baby. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's where yeah, we're at, we, uh, man. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh, so, so sure, music's the love, though. Music. Is oh yeah, the, exactly. The passion. You it's know? like music is what drives you through that day, right? <laughs> like yeah, they, yeah. You're yeah. like sitting there in that factory doing your thing, and you're just like, I'm gonna get home, and make some beats, fuck this, yes. <laughs> or yeah, eat yeah, some yeah. food. <laughs> anyway, sure. so um, you so is it Knowledge Seven? Is that what you go by, or is that just your screen name? Uh, Knowledge Born Zero Seven is what. Oh, I'm, my uh, bad. I'm sorry about kind that. Of like the, no, no, it's all good. It's uh, yeah, that's like the music thing. Uh-huh. Um, I've I've gone by that for a while now. Uh, KBO Seven is a little like shortened version of it. KBO Seven. And then we have a band called Downtown Temperature, which we used to have a band called Roots Creation, which kind of transformed into Downtown Temperature. And and um, the, so they they were the reggae that it's they're like there's reggae hip hop and. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, it's a little mix between all of it. I definitely have a huge love for reggae. Through so, uh, it all started basically through Marley and Sublime for the most part. Yeah, that's how it usually starts, right? And then, yeah. it's, then it's off to the races. Uh, so, it, well, what was interesting is that we had somebody in common, or at least known, knew somebody in common, and and, and this was sort of almost a little random. You were you reached out and was like, "Hey, what's going on?" And I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" And then yeah, uh, yeah. we just started, started ch- chatting, and uh, you know Tommy Dubs, or at least you've met him before, or know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Could you from like way back? Like he used to like basically through the internet. Uh, he had released some stuff way back through. Uh, I forgot his old band name, but uh, kind I, of connected way back. Warsaw, Poland, or some weird like old I, band of his i know yeah i mean i know he's from chicago i know that's like the connection to like the midwest for him and you 
Mm-hmm. But, but I knew him out in San Diego when he was doing his. Well, he's still doing his thing. He still does. Um, he has this cool band called Bang Pow. I don't know if you follow Tommy at all anymore, but uh, he has this cool like band. It's uh, sort of modeled after the L. What the hell is that band? The one with uh, shit. Come on, man. The Raptures on their label. Um, LCD sound system. Oh yeah, okay. What is it? Yeah, yeah. What's the name? L. Fuck. LCD. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right? LCD anyway, sound system or something, or it's like something, sound tribe. No, it's sound right? system or something, but I don't know if I have the the letters. So it's something like that in the vein of that. So it's like real dancey, punky sort of stuff, and he's still doing yeah. dub stuff. But so, how did you meet him? I mean, I I, ba- I basically met him through the internet like way back when, and then uh, somehow through that whole scene. Like I never knew him when he lived in Chicago. I knew him when he lived in California. Mm. Um, and uh we just kind of always chatted and um i i came out with an album and uh it was the cosmic knowledge album that i did and then we did a dub version of the album and um the concept behind it was to get some people that did dub and see if they could remix some of the songs and he was the first person that um that uh remixed one of the songs and he sent it back and we loved it so we were like hell yeah that's going on the album and <laughs> tommy tommy's got that uh podcast and he had uh josh fischel on there from bargain music who josh is a buddy and he was oh okay. i mean that was, that's like one of the best like podcasts that he has with josh live man it's like oh nice now did he record it oh out there in san diego with your boy or did he do it like we're doing no it was it was set files through the internet you know like I'm I'm strapped here, basically. You know. It's, no, uh, no. I meant I meant with your buddy. Did he do the podcast? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Josh is from Long Beach, and oh, um, okay, okay. Yeah. So, oh, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on, man. Yeah, no, he had some really cool acts on his. He had Black Alicious on there, and yeah. he had a girl from um, Lulu from Thievery Corporation, which is like one of his best. Uh, oh wow. Yeah, he was. He, I, he got around, man, and it's so weird because the cool thing about Tommy is he got in um, pretty early. Well, early enough to where he could still reach out and do like, be like a private, you know, like a independent media thing where he was just sending messages through whatever it was, you know, Facebook or and connecting with people, and and people were still receiving it like well. Now it's like yeah. you send out podcast invites to people and they're like, next, next. Yeah. Everybody's got a podcast and everybody's trying to talk to somebody. So so he kind of got in on a sweet, a sweet time where he could connect with these like bigger name acts and, and actually sit down and talk to them. Now I have to catch them at festivals and shit that I'm playing. I'll be just start sticking my my mic in people's faces like You're <laughs> talk to me. Talk to nice. me. It, you got to go listen- gorilla. I listen to a bunch of your podcasts, man, and you do a great job. I, I saw a lot of the people that, uh, I mean, some, some interviews that you did, like, uh, it was funny. I went out to California a long time ago, and I saw the B-side players play with uh, the Ziggins oh. at, like, some bowling alley out there. It was way back. <laughs> it was weird, man. I just remember some dude dressed up like Spider-Man, like, dancing in the crowd, and, like, it was crazy. But the B-side players, really, like, the Ziggins are great. I was there for the Ziggins. But the B-side players blew me away, and I came yeah. back to the Midwest, and I was like, you have to check this band out. Like, yeah, they're amazing. It, then you probably saw them when they were still kind of more of a, like, because there was a time when Carlos was sort of doing the jam band circuit. 
So he, yeah, he they, started jamming out a lot. Yeah, man, the crowd was dancing. Yeah, for I'm sure. sure. Like he he uh and now more he's like uh, he'll do like straight up like cumbia. Well, he's always had that Latin kind of feel, obviously, but he's a. Uh, now he's just more like into the like Latin reggae thing that's going on out there, you know. It's he's he's yeah. a big player in the scene, man, and he's a really cool dude. And and like he gave me a shot, and I got to do a co. Oh, I did. I think oh maybe I don't know, but I did a run with him, and totally cool guys, and I don't know. Yeah. Much respect to Carlos. Definitely like authentic him. sound and and uh, yeah, deep rooted in in culture, and I love it, man. It's, Hell it's yeah. A great vibe. So what? Tell me about yourself, man. Like, uh, where do you have a lineage of music in your family, or are you like the one person who just sort of broke off and did your own thing? Yeah, um, not so much. Like uh, my my brother Mark, my younger brother, he's in the band with me. Uh, oh. He plays guitar and he reads music and and is oh. he's he's great at guitar. Um, but as far as like immediate family, like not too much music there. I heard that my grandfather played saxophone. Um, but I don't know because he he passed when I was like five, oh, so okay. I never really got to like build so, so on that. Somewhere somewhere in the family, there's music. Yeah, it, there, it's in the blood. Yeah, it's in the blood. I'm sure, at least the love, because I can't sleep without having music on. You did know? your like, did your family was your family big fans of music? Um, yeah, I mean, they like music, but not like going to shows or anything mm. like that. More of a more of a, a business owning working family, and um, you know. Oh, sweet! What so, what what kind of work? Uh, so it's packaging. Yeah. So oh, okay. It's, uh, it's yeah. It's so I'm you're at. in the family business. Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. What I do. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, that's nice man that's nice that there's like sort of a legacy that they sort of left for you now do you just work there or are you like do you run yeah it? yeah i just work i just oh. work here with my siblings and uh gotcha. that's my day job and that's how i feed my kids oh yeah and uh i don't feed them off of music that's for sure but i don't that's <laughs> the dream though right? it's a tough it's a t- it's a tough gig man it's, it's hard yeah. to it's hard to keep everything afloat uh me and my wife were doing that out in san diego for a long time we owned our own business and like we both gig we both gig together and um i mean they were trying to raise our rent to like twenty eight hundred dollars at it was just crazy so like we didn't leave san diego because of that but we left because um well she wanted she wanted to buy property and it's almost impossible as artists to like buy property in san diego unless you are on that level you know on that that next level which I am yeah. not. <laughs> I, I'm very much on the working class musician level. So uh, it, it's tough. It's tough. But I mean, that's cool, man. It's just like I, I always uh, I always love like those uh, like the family businesses, people who jump in the family business. I, I just think there's something sweet about it. You know, just something. I don't know. Your legacy, you know, people always yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. legacy and and what they're going to sure. leave for the world or what they're going to leave for their family and shit. So that's not, I love that shit. So, okay. So yeah. then what, where then, how did you get into playing or, or, well, you're mostly a lyricist, correct? And a singer. Yeah. I started, I started really like with a, with a childhood friend, uh, rapping on the playground. And then, um, from there he was like, uh, he was taking guitar lessons and his dad built him a studio in his basement. Oh, his his name's Dan Allen, okay. and uh, he he lives in Chicago now. And he's shout also, out to Ben. 
yeah no dan 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 Ooh. allen yeah but he uh he's, my uh, bad dan no no it's all good much love but dan he, he actually he makes beats right now and he's living in chicago and, and doing the thing and still has the love for music and and that's the dream but uh yeah so we started there and and he would uh he had a punk rock band and i was into hip-hop and rage against the machine and stuff oh, like yeah. that and the doors and all types of music and i would go over to his house and we would record uh because he he had some recording background he, he jumped into like four track recordings and then he went to um recording school in chillicothe ohio oh yeah and, yeah uh, At, so we, is that full sale or is that uh no it's the recording workshop oh okay i i've heard of that chillicothe i've heard of the chillicothe ohio place i just i think i'm getting them mixed up with other i think full sales in florida or something Anyways. Yeah, that's the Florida one. That's a good school, though. I know some buddies that went there. I'm sure if you can afford this shit, fuck. Yeah, and it's not always guaranteed that that's going to be your job, you know? No, it's a tough gig. It is not. It's... Dude, engineering is amazing, and it's still, like, one of those things that haunts me, you know? like I, I was just listening Dang. to some mixes I did the other day, today, because um, my wife has... Well, we booked this gig together, and then I, I ended up joining this band who's a working band, and so I'm either it's go do this 20 minute spot for free or I go make a hundred bucks. <laughs> and so she kind of got left out on her own and she's not used to performing by herself. We're a, a duo. And so this is I mean, this is good information for people who are like in duos or something like yeah. that. We have like tracks that we've made where we bounce on. And you know all about this, where you bounce yeah. on your track without the vocals. And maybe you'll right. have the ad libs in the background, you know, just to give it a little more texture while you're performing. But that's what I did. And uh, I did this I, like a couple of years ago and it was just on this hard drive. So I had to dig that out. And I was listening to the mix and the master of the beat. I'm like, God damn, this without vocals, this thing sounds fucking crispy like it sounds better <laughs> than it did with vocals and and made me feel bad about <laughs> my mixing skills but then it also made me feel good because how good it sounded it's just something that you build on you know like you yeah. it, like everything else you have to record and you just have to keep doing it over and over and over and over and deal with millions of situations before you can actually figure you know consider yourself good at it Right. And I am not good at it, but I can't. Yeah, I'm not either, man. Do I like, do I you never, do your own production? I never even really wanted to dabble into the recording aspect of it, but yeah, it I just understand. came to a point where I had to like learn it because uh, I was recording with Dan and then Dan kind of moved away and uh, uh, we still talked music, but we really weren't doing it. He was, he was mainly like playing like live acoustic gigs. And then I started recording with this guy here in town uh, named DJ Strychnine, uh -oh. and this was early on, and he got signed early on to uh, Grand Royal oh. by the Beastie Boys. Oh, nice. He hey. did like a Hey Ladies remix with Paranorm uh, from South Bend, and they uh, they they um, moved out to California, and then Strychnine ended up back here in South Bend and was recording artists, and a buddy of mine was like, hey, you need to check this dude out, so I went over to his studio when I was younger, probably like early 20s and uh, I would just go in there and he would construct a beat and I would sit there and write to it and then we would record it right there and um there was always like a, an artist right behind me coming in like an hour later yeah, you know yeah, so yeah. I'm like recording my vocals super nervous like oh shit man right. you know? and then and, this this guy's yeah. about to come spit hot fire and then that yeah. guy has the person after yeah him. <laughs> yeah very so competitive and very good artists that were like coming through but then at that point, like I was watching him 
you know, mix. And I was like, wow, this dude's a genius. And I started to uh, just want to uh, be able to record myself. So I started dabbling in gear and getting like little things here and there and then starting side projects uh, like with my buddy here, Eric, who I've played music with for a long time. He's a drummer in my band. Oh, right uh, on. Hi, Eric. We've written music. <laughs> He's going to say hello. Hi, dude. What's up, man? Hey, dude. What's up? How are you? How are you? Good to I'm see. Good, good, good to meet you. Nice meeting you too. Right. On. Yeah. So, so Eric and I have written music together for a long time, and we had a band. Uh, so we started a band with some friends called Roots of Creation. We we did some shows and stuff like that, and then life hit. We had kids mm-hmm. and all of that, and um, band kind of took a side side step for the moment, Hell and yeah. then uh, you know how it goes. I do. I uh, had to raise our kids and, and real life hit. And it was just like, man, it's either get on the road and try to do this music thing or stay back and pay your bills and raise your kids. And that's basically what we chose to do. <laughs> you took the high uh, road. We, I, I understand. We still have this like dying love for music. So um, now we reconvened with my younger brother, Mark, who, we've recorded with in the past and he wanted to start a band. So now every Tuesday we come up and we record and we have uh, an awesome bassist back here named Steve Cox. He was in a, uh, another band like back in the day when we were playing, he would play shows with his other band and he wasn't playing at the uh, recently. So asked him to uh, jump in the band and play. So, what? so now we're, we're kind of doing our Tuesday thing and just oh, yeah. recording yeah, yeah. Man. so what what's your plans did, did you guys want to tour with the music or you just want to just make music and just like throw it so, up at the at the wall and see what sticks yeah. at, at the at the at the i don't know at the internet huge, wall i have this huge thing called stage fright and oh i used to that's i not... used to play live all the time with our band i hated it every night that we did it oh but we still did it and i still you know whatever our drummer eric loves to play live wants us to go out and play right now um and we are going that way so we are going to be uh you know trying to jump into you know we have to see exactly where we can on our days because right now we can actually only meet up on tuesdays that's what our time allows us Um, because we all have families and kids of course but uh uh so it's a hard balance but um that's the ultimate goal is, I mean, my like what I want to do is just I want to make music and I want to make music that my children can listen to when I'm no longer and they can be proud of. That's how uh, we started. You know, Legacy, lyr- baby. Yeah. Legacy. Yeah, lyrically, you leave like what well. I'm saying in the lyrics, like I want them to be proud of that. And, oh, uh, nice. You know, not some bullshit that they hear. Not not but, mumble not mumble rap or whatever they're yeah. called. Yeah. <laughs> Although that you know the kids these days are influenced by, it, and I'm not going to knock any genre because creativity is creativity. I know. know. I was just talking to. I was talking. I had a podcast last night with a band, and I was saying that same shit. Is like, well, when when I first heard Fetty Wap, like I made fun of it like relentlessly, and yeah. made fun of his weird eye and everything. But but like in the end, in the end of like me ta- talking all this shit about Fetty Wap, I'm like. But on the real, that shit's not good. <laughs> it's like I'm for real, like sitting there, like fucking bobbing my head. I'm like, okay, I don't know what the fuck he's saying, but okay, that's fine. But 
someone was telling me he's like you know what it, it's just a natural progression from the south you know like the south kind of created this blues sound um from yeah. from slavery uh spirituals to to blues to to rock and roll to <laughs> to mumble rap <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, like, okay, so that's a natural progression. It's a sort of a bluesy sing, sing songy almost kind of cadence, chancy kind of thing. Yeah, you know, and, and so, so he he was telling, and he's a rapper who I I respect the fuck out of. Uh, his name is Parker Edison, but he uh, he was, you know, he, he kind of broke it down like that, and I was like, okay, I can I can get behind that idea that it's a natural progression of music. I don't have to like it, but. You know, a lot of people seem to like it, and they like to hear like weird bird noises, and I guess that's cool. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know? it's catchy, right? It's, some of that shit's catchy. It's, it's catchy. Like, okay. but I don't know what kind of depth, or I mean, yeah. sometimes music um, art doesn't have to always be this meaningful thing. It can just be like, yeah. I need to fuck and come. That's <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like that's what I'm doing. You know. Yeah. Hey, but that it. but that's human right i don't know i mean yeah. what, what, what's your take on like that genre that genre yeah i don't i don't really listen to it all that much mm. um i am a fan of all different genres um but when it comes to like the mumble rap stuff like i like some of the beats and textures in in the sound i absolutely love the lyrical content, if it goes a certain way, I'm just not into it only because, like, I mean, I have a sophomore. My daughter's a sophomore in high school. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not cool. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't want her sophomore. listening to fuck and come and all that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daughter. Woo. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And then I have a son, and they're, and they're smart kids, and they've been through a lot. So it's, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, when it comes to music, I just want them to enjoy it. And I, I when I do any kind of music i just wanted to have some kind of meaning and some uh you know i'm really influenced by um conscious hip-hop conscious mm -hmm. reggae um and there's a fine line be between cheesy and really conscious good stuff like i'm a huge wu-tang fan yeah Wu -Tang but I, is awesome. I, I get the medicine in the in the mix of it you know what i mean right. like i get the medicine in it so that's that's the difference between some of the other rap sometimes i don't feel what, like there's any you, kind of medicine what what do you mean by medicine like just uh like knowledge of self type medicine you know like history and and um just trying to be better than um what you're taught that you are i guess right. is what i'm going with like like learning your history and learning that you know you can be whatever you want to be and you're not like you don't have to be a statistic like wu-tang's lyrics a lot are stories um but the underlying message is is uh to to be better than uh what that story entailed like they they tell like the truth and you know and in, in the message it's uh you know if you do this you like this will happen to you so don't do this you know mm -hmm. um I, not I, all the time with with a lot of the rap but but uh wu-tang is one of those bands that um definitely have that message and i think that it lifts uh urban culture in general just to a higher level of uh of you can be better than what society has handed you you know yeah i like that uh you know honestly when you said medicine i had a completely uh different idea of what you what you i i took that in a different way so i'm actually glad that i followed you up on that because 
I took it as like, you know, it's just like this music is healing, you know, like this, which, which it is right. But like, uh, but I, I'm, thank you for expa expanding on that because I just took it like, I, yeah, he heals, he's healed by Wu Tang and, and which is, yeah. po is totally possible and fine. And I'm not judging that. I'm just letting you know that I was taking it differently. Um, no, no, but no, that's good that you say that though, because uh, the I think the reality of their lyrics, like the street and Wu-Tang's lyrics, like certain people can associate with a lot of uh, that day to day uh, struggle. And that is medicine, because if they're going through it themselves and they hear that somebody else is going through it and and can uh, lift you in a, in a positive way out of that struggle. That's what I think about, like roots reggae music. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jamaica, you know, like one of the hardest places in the world. And when you have a conscious artist that comes out of Jamaica and speaks consciousness and positivity and love, like that's an amazing thing, especially given the fact that they're surrounded by a lot of uh, struggle and, and violence, you know? Right. Yeah. It, it gives, it gives people hope and it also gives them the, the, the knowledge that, that they are people and they do count, you know, they don't, yes. they're not just these, they're not just people who you walk past on the street, you know, like they're not just things you walk over They're, you know, like they're exactly. not just things that occupy space in a little shanty town. It's like you are somebody and and together we are something more than we even can explain. And yes, no, I feel you there, man. Yeah. And, and that is and it's a weird thing with the white boy reggae thing. Right. It's like, <laughs> right. Yes. No, it's a, it's a weird thing. Right. No, I agree with you 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, uh, some, you know, some that like just kind of hype it up for the weed smoking or the, you know, this is what this is. It's kind of disrespectful because that's not all that, that it is. It's way more than that. Like, I don't even I don't even smoke weed. I used to a ton when I was when I was younger, but I don't. And now, like, I feel like just because like I love reggae so much, like I'm associated with, oh, he must be like he just must smoke weed. He's and a loves stoner. That. But it was really actually Marley's lyrics that that took me past that and was more of a spiritual, uh, biblical thing to me, hmm. you know, because um, yeah. I'm Catholic. <laughs> I'm a Catholic <laughs> kid, you know. Yeah, me too. And, and Marley's lyrics actually brought me back to like things that I learned as a as a youth, you know, just like just learning, um, just you know how to treat your brother and your sister. You know? I just, love how he says Jesus, Jesus. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I, I was working with this reggae artist here in Toledo locally. His name is Ross Accurate. And uh, he's, I mean, he's straight up from Jamaica about three years into living into America, in, in America. Like, and I only understand like a quarter of what he's saying. He's like, yes, it. <laughs> he run it. And, like, I just, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> And yeah. so I have to like his wife actually, who is from Toledo, she has to like translate sometimes. But like the more you hang out with the Jamaicans, I mean, the, you know, you obviously start acclimating. Pick it up. Yeah, you pick it up. So I I just love how they say base. They say they say base, base, base. <laughs> like there's this <laughs> ye, like there's a y in it or something. But yeah, it's just how they say. I love that shit, man. It's so it, yeah. It, it, just experiencing other culture. It's it's. I think yeah, it's, that's it's something reggae that... music is one of the especially like roots reggae, authentic roots reggae. Like that's some of the like kindest places that I've ever been 
right. where I stand out like a sore thumb, but <laughs> I feel so at home. Yeah. You know? And, and, and you know, like, um, I, I've talked a lot of shit about white boy reggae, but it, in the end, like, there is some, like, real artists out there who are doing interesting and different things with the genre itself, with reggae, with, you know, dub and stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, like, uh, not all of the white boys out there are talking about struggle and oppression and stuff. And I, I mean, it's part of it because, you know, the white kid who grew up in fucking, you know, in Santa Monica or in, in Orange County isn't having the same struggle as the kid who's growing up in Kingston, Jamaica. You know, like that's not yeah. the same existence. But there are people who, who you know, who are... It, who comment on a uh, social oppression of that, like, especially here in America, which definitely exists. But uh, I think those people who comment uh, and genuinely are contributing something new to the genre is, 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 is it totally legit. It's just when you see these kids who are just, like, talking in patois, like, when they're fucking, uh, uh, like, on stage, like, what's up? Uh, BAC, go, go, you know, doing the accent. It's like, to me, yeah. that's when it starts becoming gross. You know, when yeah. it's when it's like, what are you doing up there, buddy? <laughs> like, you are no Regar Regardless of culture, though, there are some artists that are out there that are speaking Patois that might not have lived in Jamaica or grown up right. there, but have, like, surrounded themselves around that culture so much yeah. that they really live and die by it. And, and it is it is Yeah, a you can't thing. hate on all of them. Uh, right. But I, I know what you're saying. Like, some of them, it's like, okay. I, I was in Ocean Beach, you know, uh, San Diego, California. Your ass's struggle it consisted of, do I go to the beach and surf or go get a fucking California burrito? It's like, get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Like, that's your struggle yeah. is the decision you're going to do with your afternoon in paradise. Uh, so that's when it gets starts getting weird. And, you know, that's when... You know, people get called. You can never disregard. Comments. You can never disregard someone's struggle, though, because you just never. No, you're right. You and never know the struggles. struggle unless you're actually in the struggle. You I know understand. what I mean? And no, nobody can translate the struggle to somebody else fully. I feel you, know? you man. Yeah, because and you know, we're all we all are human, and we're all people, and we all have problems, and those problems might not seem like a big deal to somebody who's starving to death but like here in our world in our bubble like these are problems that exist and it's hard on that person and that that shit is fucking eating away at them one way or another yeah um for sure. i love this artist named uh josh heinrich i don't know if you ever heard josh heinrich but He's yeah, like, I saw Josh way back. Actually, I went to a. Uh, he's Midwest too. He's Missouri. Yeah, I saw him. He was in a band called Ja Roots. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, with Skillinger, is that with Skillinger? I don't know if. You uh, no, this was before Skillinger when when I saw him. But he played for. Uh, There's a skateboard company called Creation Skateboards, okay. and it was a uh, it was a conscious skateboard company that I followed because I just loved like the movement. It was like iPad. Uh creation skateboards satori movement and i was going to there they had a skateboard show somewhere i think it was in ohio and uh, uh there's a student named ross matthew matt pales he was a professional skateboarder and i went out there to see him because he also performed and we did a song together and uh i saw josh perform and i was like who is this kid he's amazing man <laughs> yeah he uh his i, I don't know i can't remember i think it's uh i think it's called good vibes the album but like that album is just so fucking good like it has some of the like 
it has this reggae slow jam song out. I can't. I think it's called Good Vibes. I think it's the title track. It's like nothing but good vibes, and it's like this slow, like almost like a neo soul sound. Yeah. And uh, and then that here dude comes sing, the skank, man. and then he comes in with that husky voice. That dude. That dude will just be backstage hitting dab after dab, go up on stage and sing flawlessly like for an hour and a <laughs> That's half. That's insane. And you're just like, how the fuck did, does that? Ex- how do you? How is that possible? Like I asked him, I was like, dude, how do you fucking? How do you smoke all those dabs and go? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll just go do it. <laughs> That's what I do. That's my job. No, he's awesome, man. He, uh, I got to talk to him on mic for a little bit and um. I also got to talk to Miles Brown, who is of Jefferson, 77 Jefferson. Um, and he produced and helped write. Um, he works uh, with Josh on a lot of his albums and stuff. He's uh, he's an awesome producer himself out of Kansas City. But nice. yeah, man, look him up. the Midwest, dude, the Midwest has has some fucking heaters uh, like the like the coasts are just you're so in a bubble especially in southern california you're just in this bubble and like no one really even cares about what's going on outside of it and 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 honestly like when i was living there that wasn't my concern either i was just like in my own little world existing in that reggae world and then and then i was shot into toledo <laughs> and now it's like to the permacloud the permacloud yeah, exactly dude. <laughs> the permacloud it's just this constant gray and I turned pale right away, and I was just like, oh, fuck. But you know what? It's actually been great, and it, it's been fun, like, just getting to know people and, and breaking into a new scene, which is which was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. So it, it's been it's been an interesting ride, I have to say. Uh, so what did – what did uh, so when did you start getting into that, like, roots – or not roots reggae, but, like, the – not white boy reggae, but like this current reggae where we're at now, where um, you have you know not necessarily Jamaicans making it or you know Caribbean people, Caribbean peoples, but like you know yeah. SoCal guys, people from Kansas City and stuff. When did you start uh, hearing um, about I that? I actually, it it started first with my cousin lived out in Long Beach and mm. brought back a tape, like an old Sublime tape. Like oh a yeah, yeah, Sublime. Tape. That's right. So I got into Sublime and. Uh, I know that Sublime gets kind of like the bad rap of like you know well, the white boy reggae, but starter. they're the Godfathers and they're the ones who hey they they're if the it ones wasn't who... if it wasn't like I like when it comes to reggae like it was Bob Marley and Peter Tosh for me early on mm-hmm. but if it wasn't for Sublime I would have never known all of the underground reggae artists that were amazing like the Half Pints and mm-hmm. uh, just I mean everybody that they you know uh, I guess recreated. Uh, right. uh, songs with you know, and it, if at first I was like, wait a minute, Sublime didn't write this shit. Like, yeah, right. It's it's fucked but up. But then I right? was like, wow, who's this band? So then I started digging, and I really have to like uh, pay homage to like Miguel and um, mm-hmm. and and Bradley and that whole crew, like Opie and all those guys for for bringing that to the masses and saying like, just like the Long Beach Dub All Star song, like listen to the DJ song, mm. like when they're naming all of the different artists in in Jamaican culture, like that were hard hitters early on, the Dennis Browns and like uh, just everybody, you know, mm. like I mean, it really spun me into a spiral of I love reggae so much that I I, I listen to it constantly. I mean, it's not the only thing I listen right. to, but I, I definitely like dig into like early roots reggae and. Um, also, uh, a local guy named Fada Wayne, 
uh, he's from Kingston who lives here and he's one of the hardest working musicians I've ever met in my life. And I've known him for a long time here, him, this guy here named John Pangani from uh, Malawi who put on our reggae festival here. Oh. He he's constantly brought reggae uh, around here. And then uh, another guy, um, his name is David alert. Uh, and he still puts on reggae shows here and those guys, man, they really just like keep it within. I mean, it's, it's really kind of a small, uh culture here where i'm from but they still you know i would be going to the reggae shows that were at a bar at you know start at 11 o'clock on a sunday night and everybody had to work the next day Hell i yeah. would find myself in those environments and they showed me nothing but love and i i really respect those guys that's awesome Jod dave all these guys yeah so so what is the what is like this i i'm not i've never really been the south bend uh, other than what the, the university is there right is that right yeah university notre of notre dame, dame. so it's, and, a, it's uh, a college town yeah yeah it's a college town but it's not really like a college town it's kind of like uh it's more of like a uh, i don't know how you explain notre dame it's it's, it's, a different... it's not like a party town it's more of like a school town he's like know? we're like, here to learn <laughs> yeah can you turn that down please part, i mean you definitely have your partiers and stuff like that but uh the university actually lets uh this guy named dave Ja Dave and uh and has since the 80s. I love I that name by the way, Ja Dave. <laughs> yeah, man, big. him and John Pangani and uh also big up to uh the Mighty Selecta who lives in Chicago right now. Mm. Um these guys have like carried uh 88.9 WSND. It's a reggae radio station that airs uh every Saturday night for years and years and years. Uh Notre Dame has let them go and do their uh their radio station and uh, you know, I started tuning into that shit and listening in and calling in the radio station Hell and yeah. sampling off the radio station Hell when they yeah. said my name and throwing it in like oh, songs. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, these guys are really, like, uh, uh, originators around here. I think Ja Dave, early on, he brought, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of, uh, he brought Steel Pulse here early on. Oh, I think nice. HR was here at one point. He was really good friends with... Uh, another guy who i can't think of yeah we saw yellow man they brought yellow man here they brought a lot of people uh uh not buju bantan but uh pato bantan came here and pato's good dude man oh hell yeah man uh my buddy culture culture okay nice hell yeah man that's cool man so so South Bend was kind of like a little hotbed because of these like core people who just sort of brought it and like kept pushing it kept pushing it dude when there was only i saw junior reed here perform for 15 people and i went and i was talking to junior reed outside and and he was like the next week he was going to record a song with alicia keys and i think the game (laughs) that he did he already like the like wu-tang already sampled his stuff and and a song one blood with them uh like a remake and then he like i think the game had just sampled his stuff and He's sitting here performing for like 15 people, man. I felt horrible for him, but I was like, it's amazing. That's a that job. It's, it's yeah. what happens. And, and you got to yeah. expect in a small town that, and, and South Bend's not very big, right? It's, it's like, yeah. do you know what the population? No, like population, like what? What's population here? 400,000, I don't know. Well, we don't care. Nothing. Yeah, I don't know. We're all like, shit, I don't know. Who cares? Small. It's But we're small. like right in between. We're right in, like, there's Indy that's close. Chicago's mm-hmm. only only an hour and 20 away. Right. Uh, Cleveland's not far. Detroit's yeah. not far. So we're kind of like a, 
a little port for all these that's crazy ca- cities. That's kind of how I feel with Toledo. Toledo is like right yeah, in the center yeah. of everything. Like the East Coast is like a day's drive, if that. Not you know, like a half day's drive, and then you have yeah, exactly. And, and then like from Toledo, you can get to Nashville in like seven hours. It's it's yeah, fucking, it's pretty crazy. It it's cool Nashville's to, like eight hours from here. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's like you can kind of like be based in this small town, and fucking because of the internet you can sort of create like a, a a nice tour or you can go see good shows within a day's drive you know you can, it, i mean it, it it makes sense to live cheap and travel a lot which yeah which is one of my guests quote actually he's like live cheap travel more or something yeah. jeff stewart yeah, yeah yeah but i mean he he made a great point it's like why pay fucking $2,800 a month to live by the beach when you can like have a life and then, uh, you know, and then really work on your craft. And that's one thing that I've noticed. Get some land, dude. Get some land. That's what's up, right? Oh, that's my wife right now. What's up? She just decided to come and mix things up a little. Um, the, yeah, thank you. I just, you made me lose my point, bro. I'm I'm way too high to be fucking <laughs> <laughs> to be interrupted right now. <laughs> Why are we having a conversation right now when I'm trying to do this? <laughs> My wife gives zero fucks. I love it, man. I love she, uh, it. She she just got done teaching a voice lesson in the in the studio, so she came out here to interrupt me um, but actually no it, it 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 actually worked out because my son i i couldn't get a babysitter for the night so i was kind of bummed and i was kind of bribing him like look if you just give me a good hour you know i'll give you whatever you want but on the way home from grandma's he fell asleep so he is napping so it worked out yeah. pretty good but just so you know we might get interrupted by a very tired four-year-old who will oh, I get definitely I have a lot of kids in my family. be up it. in my ass. So, <laughs> 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 uh, what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about traveling and uh, living yeah, cheaply. living cheap and living. traveling, traveling to see some. I used to drive to Chicago all the time and and Hell yeah. uh, go to the Wild Hair. There used to be this guy who owned the Wild Hair, but his name was Zaliki. And uh, I think he moved back to Ethiopia and opened some schools, actually. But he, he, he had this club called the Wild Hair in Chicago. And he would bring artists like Capleton and Buju Bantan. And like, mm-hmm. I would drive like on a Thursday night, even though I had to work the next day, just to see these groups play. And yeah. I'd sneak downstairs somehow and like try to meet them, you know. And Hell yeah. It was cool to be around that energy, you know. No, I feel you, man. Hell yeah. Well, I mean, Chicago is like, Chicago is a fun city, man. Like, I, 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 I have nothing but good things to say about Chicago. Got, got a lot of good friends there. I played there a couple times just in past tours and stuff, but I've never been able to like dive into the scene. What, what's sort of like the scene in South Bend? Like, what, what, like, uh, what, what genre of music would you say is the most precedent and people pay attention to most there? So yeah. cover bands, said, that's what the radio station cover band like. stuff. I would say like it, it seems like to play live to get paid, you have to know covers, mm. um, and because you want to play what everybody can sing, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, I, there are a, there is like an underground movement of some very talented artists that you know. There's a couple places that they can play. I don't know how much they're really getting paid for it, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that that needs to change. 
I wish that it was different. Um, it, it's about the same here. It's it's like if you want to work as a musician, you're you're playing Brown Eyed Girl and yeah, and you're not you know you're not you, you have to know good three hours of music of other people's music and you can throw your own shit in there, but you know it it's it, it's a rough market. It's a rough market to try to really build a band. But then again, I'm speaking on a term. I've only been here since September for and. So for the last 13 years, I've been somewhere completely different. So I yeah. might be speaking on a term, but what I gather from what I, the musicians who are pretty involved in the music scene here is that, you know, it, it's hit or miss. It's like I have a question like sure. out in uh, San Diego when you lived out there and you had all of that reggae music around you of, you know, you jumped into this like genre. Um, what did it seem like for for someone to live off of that music? What did it take? Did it take them to go play constantly and that's what they did? That was their job? Or did you find people that found ways to live uh, making music without having to do that constantly and sacrifice the fam? Um, well, like for a reggae band in San Diego to live, they are constantly in motion. So they are constantly touring and the, and that might not even cover everything because you're not making real money off of music unless you're being like stupid or like tribal seeds. They make I'm sure they do well with their with their, um, you know, online streams and iTunes. But I mean, not like it used to be, obviously, but that's not the world we live in. Um, <coughs> but. For a reggae band to like to be able to live, especially with reggae bands out there being like ten people deep, I mean you'd really have to tour or and really build an audience. So I never was able to just make money off of one band or make enough money to live off of like just a reggae band. My my whole thing was I played in several bands in the reggae scene. Uh, I played in cover bands and me and my wife played in bands. And so that was only a portion of our rent, you know. So the rest yeah. was like her. She was teaching voice lessons. And then we started our own business where we were teaching arts um, to like kids. And so it was more of a hustle for me. This is my, me personal. Um, yeah. for bands that really make it is like they had to be touring and they had to build an audience and they had to get crowds. I mean, it was really just building a name for yourself because you're not, you can play places and you can only come to certain clubs so many times when you're not filling them and playing to an empty bar, they're not going to keep paying you money to come play, to not bring people. Uh, right. There are there are venues out there that do hire reggae bands to play a whole night, but they're going to want to hear Sublime and they're going to want to hear fucking Bob Marley and shit like that. So, yeah, so it, it's really hard unless you have a good amount of momentum going. I mean, especially California, just to exist in a city like a, a real city in California is, is expensive. And, uh, you know, that the overhead of living, the cost of living is your biggest overhead. Yeah. So I mean, you it, it's it, it's tough. It's tough, but it's possible. I mean, it, it's do you find do you find any artists that uh, that have bands but also have studios, and that's how they make some of their income? Oh yeah, totally, totally. Uh, so good example is Ian Young, the former uh, former keyboardist for Tribal Seeds. Um, he he has his own studio, and that was the and his own label. So he has a. Uh, roots musician records 
which that's what my band, we were signed on them for our first two records. And then for this last one, we broke off and we're doing it more independently, even though his label is very independent. But with Ian, you get you get a certain amount of notoriety and your music gets a certain kind, you know, you get you get a bump because of his name. And and that and that's cool, whatever. Uh, but in this album, we decided to go off. So Ian, uh, he was making, I'm sure, was making decent salary with Tribal. And then he had his own project, Ian Young's band. And he would tour with his project when they weren't, um, they weren't, when Tribal wasn't on tour. So he would take some of the guys from Tribal Seeds and take them on tour. And then he had his own guys. And uh, then he has his own Roots Musician studio, his label, which uh, and he's a fucking wizard like if you you go into a studio it's beautiful it's well constructed he has great equipment and he's fast like he's very uh he has his shit together and so Mm -hmm. he can you can go and you can pay him money he will produce your album and you'll have a beautifully polished album and you and then he gets a taste of that whatever that sells he's still getting a piece of that so yeah uh if, if you were good enough to engineer and uh you know play and perform and it, it's always a hustle it's never just one thing you know it's not just i'm the keyboards for tribal seeds so now i can afford to live in san diego it's like i'm the keyboards for right. tribal seeds i also have my own project i get money for i also have my own studio i also do studio session work i also guest work on other people's stuff so so he has a constant hustle it, it, it's never just one avenue it's never one medium um and, and tommy tommy's kind of like that but i think tommy has a full-time job honestly um, but he yeah. has a stu- he has great studio skills and you know he he doesn't play out as much as he used to but i mean he does his thing i, I don't think he's the greatest example for that but yeah i would say like ian young formerly of trouble seed is a great example of how you could do it for me personally i was running the studio too i had a studio in san diego uh, if you listen to tommy dumbs then you know i had stupid sound effects and <laughs> shit and I had a whole crowd and a cast yeah. of characters that were ever revolving. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was running that studio and I was doing studio work as well. And I was doing session work. And so it, it it's never just one thing. It's always like you have to have your hustles in place. And then sometimes yeah. you don't. And then you're like, fuck, how are we going to come up with $800 by Friday? <laughs> but then we did and and that was it yeah. and for me personally that shit was so fun it, it was like scary especially with a baby but i think personally that shit was fun because we didn't know where this or where or how but we did and that's we were just working off of like just momentum just doing or else you sink you know and then you're homeless and your baby's crying because yeah. they're hungry so, um, yeah, I, yeah, I guess yeah, that yeah. that long ass rant was a qu- answer to your question of do what was your original question? Do you have to have a studio? Is that what you're saying? Like, no. Do you know anybody that has like that that is a, a, a musician that uh, lives off of music, but also has a studio and that's OK. What helps support. Thank you. Thank you for reiterating uh, that, because yeah, I will just yeah. ramble. No. <laughs> But okay, so yes, no. <laughs> I did. Ian, Ian was a great example of that. Uh, my friend AK, who has a band called Roots Covenant, is does done that. But he plays now with the original Whalers, um, so he's always like all over the world. 
um but he he started this school this music school in um in san diego out in santee called the avant-garde music academy and he was smart because he used to be an educator until he had a run-in with the law and wasn't able to <laughs> be an educator anymore. So he he's uh first of all he's a great producer. He's a great multi-instrumentalist. He, he sings like a fucking champion. Um and he he's just like a, a power pack, man. He's just all in one. I fucking love AK. He's just such a cool he's a good dude too. Uh but he started this school where he got all these grants. And him and some other guys got these grants from the city or the county or whatever. And they were able to build this like high end quality studio that they're running like, I, I mean, it, it, they they teach during the day. And then at night it, it becomes like another a whole nother. It's a studio. And I love what they did out there. Those guys are fucking those guys are fucking geniuses. And, and, and so that's in, that's that's in San Diego. Yeah, that's in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, oh, so I, probably in San Diego, though, you have a lot of people like a, a group like that that is, uh, you know, that has a studio. You probably have like everybody plays reggae, right? I mean, no, because there's a big I mean, there's a big divide, um, like because there's oh. like the rockers. Uh, but that 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 line, though, is kind of blurring, which is beautiful because you have these like n- this new generation of musicians who are coming up, these young guys who are playing in reggae bands, who are playing in Latin jazz bands, who are playing in in rock bands. And they're just working guys who are just playing anything and everybody's sort of supporting each other. And that's one yeah. thing that was interesting when I left is that when I first got to San Diego back in 2006, there was like... I just felt like everyone was in their own little box. You know, everybody had their own little, you know, their own little clique. They went to go see their bands. The indie rockers stayed on their side. The reggae artists stayed on their side, blah, blah, blah. And maybe that's me projecting and just being ignorant. But that's what I felt. But by the time I left, I felt like the musicians were supporting other musicians. The the audience was supporting other, audi- you know, other genres. Like, everybody sort of was just sort of, I mean, it was incestuous, you know. So, like... I don't um I I just um uh not everybody plays reggae no that was your Yeah, okay. Not gotcha. everybody plays reggae, but they do kind of like the real working musicians do. And yeah. or or they don't some some won't, you know. I know some who are like <laughs> I am not playing reggae, you know. Like so it's kind of looked at almost like that, you know, like th- and yeah, that yeah. and that's how I kind of saw it for a long time like <laughs> I would never, you know, <laughs> like yeah, I am yeah. not. But then they're like, hey, it pays like a hundred bucks. I'm like, yes, I will. And then my buddy dragged me into the whole thing. So um, I was lucky enough to, to. So it's not your first love. but No, it's not. It's not at all, all, actually. But at, at this point in my life, I fucking I prefer to listen to reggae and not like newer reggae, but like the old shit, you know, like yeah. I, I will put on the like Desmond Decker um see i'm just bad with names because i'm so new to the genre like like i have always loved peter tosh bob marley and all them but like i i never really went deep so like frankie paul like the blind guy i know that guy and pablo augusta yeah yeah um you know, yellow man and shit. Augustus like that. Pablo. Augustus yeah. Pablo, my bad. Pablo, See, it, Pablo that, Moses. That's how. Yeah, Pablo guys, Moses man. is amazing. So yeah, exactly. Like, I I can't even get their names right. That's <laughs> that's how new I am to this. You know, I'm only a few years into just digging and finding new things, and I just love like those minor dub cuts. You know, that yeah. ones that are in minor scientists keys. and it, it's just it's good shit, man. And it's just like vibing shit. 
and it, and it's like it's different. It's completely different from what you would expect out of like Bob Marley or Peter Tosh, you know. So yeah, it, it and like for me personally with reggae playing a lot of these bigger festivals, I would find myself being like, "Fuck, can I hear something other than reggae?" <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah, and I'm not a hater on the genre. It's just it, for me, it w- it took some time for me to really be like, oh yeah, this is like a whole thing. This is like it's a movement, you know, <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. as as they say, Cal Roots, the Cal Roots guys. But yeah, man, it's yeah, not everybody's playing reggae, but you know, people do. Every the working musicians will just jump from band to band, and that's sort of what I was doing. I was just sort of. Hey, we need some. We need keys tonight. Can you do that? I'm like, yes. Well, give me money. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so it's just how you had to do it. You just hustle, hustle, hustle. But so, nah. so you're saying in South Bend currently that the 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 that the cover band is like the bands that can actually work and do their thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more. It's more like uh, you know playing covers of like whatever. I mean anything that's popular um so what's but the oh go ahead oh yeah go so ahead. like i mean anywhere from like you play an arles barkley song or you can play like a brown eyed girl song you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, as long as they know the words they're happy right right and it's usually just bands that that have a reputation for playing covers that have a good following because there's like a a mid 30 on up crowd that just wants to go out after work and mm. dance with their husband wife or whatever and that's the type of thing you know yeah man it's it's it's, it's the part of the country too we are very working class. I, i've been talking about this a lot I, i'm probably getting old for some people listening but <laughs> um <laughs> it's like uh we're in a very working class part of the country right like there's like the automotive industry stems from this yeah. part of the country you know there's a lot of factory blue collar stuff going on here so you got this guy who's been working at jeep or something you know working 16 hour days working you know 12 20 days in a row finally gets a night off you know and all he wants to do is go to the bar have a few beers and fucking sing you know van morrison or fucking Nars barkley whatever it is you know they just want to sing along and enjoy their evening they don't want to hear a guy you know, rapping about his struggle or fucking hear a 20 minute jam while like, you know, five dudes are up there just circle jerking, you know, like, <laughs> it's, a, it's not, yeah, it's not. And, and uh, so, so it's, it's just like knowing your audience and knowing that that's what you're going to encounter. And there's nothing wrong with being blue collar. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a good time and sing fucking brown eyed girl. It's just, you just, you just got to know that going yeah. in and be mindful of it. Um, but it's cool when people like build like little places where people can go and express themselves. Like for instance, yeah. your your dude Ja Dave, who built this sort of like culture there, this reggae culture, just by being a DJ, and then having a venue that sort of facilitates that. Like for instance, here in yeah. Toledo, um, the Ottawa Tavern has been pretty cool about like trying to get uh, original bands in there, trying to bring in like good regional acts. My buddy Jason Ram, he's in this band called The Funk Factory. He's one of the bookers, so he'll bring in, like, interesting acts. And, and you know, it, it, it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss because some nights – and they can't pay a lot of, of money. They're it, it, Mostly it's like here's a stack of tickets. Go sell them, and that's your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you either have to give them a cut or this is your tickets. This is how you're getting paid. Yeah. It's 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 you know whatever it, it's just what it is but 
it's nice that that's available for people, especially for for original bands who want to be to do things. And it's nice that Toledo offers, you know, there's a few venues here that will offer original bands uh, a, a night, you know, or, you know, a spot. And I and that's so important. It's so important to facilitate that local scene beyond just cover bands because what what are you doing with a cover band other than playing people's other people's music there's no there's no real contribution to the culture of that scene with fucking brown eyed girl it's a good song it's a classic song but is that is that contributing playing that over and over and over again what is that really doing for a music scene and you right know, it, it, it nothing really I, I, I found don't, it interesting. I, oh, I went to uh, I went and got married this year. Congratulations! Uh, my wife and I. Thank you. My wife and I went to Iceland. Ooh, nice. And yeah, so we went to Iceland and got married, and it was interesting. Oh, you I got heard, married in a, Iceland. Yeah, yeah. That's so and I heard awesome. a story. I heard a story that there was a band that came out of Iceland back in the '60s or '70s, uh, and they played like Rolling Stones covers, and they came and they were huge in Iceland apparently, and I guess that. <laughs> They came to the U.S. thinking, wow, this is going to be great. Uh, and, they, and when they came to the U.S., nobody wanted to hear a Rolling Stones cover band. Right. So they actually went back to Iceland and were like, man, you know, kind of bummed out about it. And Iceland has a very cool culture of just very experimental music where it's, I mean, a lot. some people don't get it. I, I, I do personally. I love the, the music there because it's, it's just, uh, I guess the idea is to create something completely new your own genre whether it's like experimental music or whatever and and just you know just be yourself completely and i love that, that i love awesome. it so much and it's uh you would hear that like the bands that you would hear play for the most part are like you know cds that you would get from there they're I, mean, I don't know listening to music from there it's very different and it's it's cool to hear uh creativity just kind of like come out of their pores because this is like this is we just want to be creative yeah you know and that's and that's where i that's what i love i mean i i generally when i'm doing lyrics i'll sing a little bit or whatever and it might come off a little reggae or it might come off like hip-hop or it might come off like punk or whatever i want to come you know however i want the song right. to be whatever right. but i don't yeah i i don't like having a box to to sit in i like to be able to expand and be like oh well i do what i want to do musically and that's that's what i uh, i kind of strive for you know when like it comes that. to creating that's a that's a that's that's legit man the um it's hard to market but <laughs> <laughs> so but. so wow so what are some of the clubs there that sort of that that facilitate local and original music like in iceland no in south Bend. oh so there's um uh, there's a place called Vegetable Buddies that used to be an old uh, old blues place in Sub Bend. And it, yeah, Vegetable Buddies. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so that place has really taken on um, different artists coming through, uh, original artists. Mm -hmm. um, the guy who owns it is a great guy, and he um, he is a music guy. He's he's got a band, so he gets it, and he wants people to come in there and be creative. So he he um, that's a good place for anybody that wants to come play in South Bend. There's uh, Vegetable Buddies. There's a place called Smokestack Lounge uh, that that has uh, some bands that, you know, you can be original and play. And then there's also another one. And, oh, man, what? Um, oh, it's called the, um, the Moonshine, the Shine Bar. It's like a moonshine bar. It's called the Shine Bar. And they 
will have anywhere. Like I've gone in there and heard somebody that sounds like uh, Lou Reed, but it's all original, like, you know, but kind of that kind of vibe, like just very different kind of uh, uh, um, genres. And uh, the, the lady who owns the Shine Bar is great. And she actually promotes originality in your music and wants that there. You know, so those are three places that are that are great places to play. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So if you're if your band's ever looking to come play in South Bend, I would say look at Vegetable Buddies, look at Smokestack, and look at uh, the Shine Bar because those places would would uh, would would take you in. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the, I was gonna say uh, the Ottawa Tavern, and actually, even I thought of you because the the show that me and my wife were supposed to play. The one where I'm totally just ditching her to, you know, do her own solo thing, and I'm gonna go and play covers. <laughs> She's, yeah. Um, so she, that was a 20 minute spot. That uh, he he's a guy who uh, curates, I guess, uh, hip hop shows here in uh, in Toledo, and he uses uses the Ottawa Tavern most of the time for his shows. And it's basically just a showcase with you get a 20 minute spot, and it's mostly hip hop. And it goes from anywhere from just like white boy rappers to black dudes up there just dancing to their own beat. So (laughs) I am referring to this one band in particular because they just went up there and for real just danced to their own music. Like like at least 10 (laughs) minutes. I swear to God, 10 minutes before anybody even like spit (laughs) any rhymes ever. It was amazing. (laughs) <laughs> but it was hype though like they were there was just like 10 of dudes up there just dancing to their own music but you know there there's some real talent over there and i was actually gonna say just like you should you should maybe if you were ever interested in playing here that that would m- probably be your first stop is to contact my boy um what the fuck? chris Kelly. chris Kelly. he's uh he does a he was on the podcast and uh him and defonics they do their own thing and uh but chris is the one who puts together these shows and yeah, nice. he. It, I I think it's beautiful what he's doing. Like, uh, you know, I know he's he's putting together these shows that are actually successful. They're a great draw. People want People are really enjoying to go out and see. It's like you know, a lot of it's people's friends who are coming, but it, it's you're mixing these audiences together, and so you have these people here here maybe to see Chris, but then they see this other act. And they're just like, oh shit, they're badass. We need to go check them out now, you know. So it, it's beautiful what he's doing for hip hop in Toledo. I I think he's like one nice. of the guys who is sort of holding court in the scene here and just sort of giving everybody an opportunity to to get up there. And, and that's just important, man. That's important to have yeah. these like people who who produce these shows, who, who put on shows too. These promoters and. Uh, like promoters who are actually trying to like build something and not just trying to make a buck. I'm, gl- I'm glad that you brought this guy up because there's also a guy here in town that has done it for a long time. Oh, I, 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 I'm sad that I forgot forgot about this place because this place is like a place that has always supported underground music and creativity. And that's uh, McCormick's, this guy, Art McCormick, oh, who nice. uh, runs the bar. And he, he just always, man, he, he has bands uh, come through that you wouldn't hear that are actually really great bands. And you're like, wow. <laughs> Like I was in McCormick's last night, and that band was sick, you know. Nice. So it's uh, that's a good place also if you're ever in the area. But I'm curious, I mean, about a performer who's stage fright because I've known a few, and my wife is one <laughs> of them. Who um, she was, uh, <laughs> she said, I think her 
she had this huge show. I think maybe it was she was singing the national anthem in front of a stadium or something. Maybe at the Padres game. She was a young girl and she oh, wow. went out there and she like was shaking the whole time and she just like she sang the song. It was pitchy. It was fucked up, but everybody cheered for her and she just got off stage and cried. I am pretty yeah. sure I butchered it, butchered the show of it. But for someone like my wife, who now if you were to see her perform is just like the way she talks to the crowd and the way she it, it's just like the, it's the same person you would talk to when she's off mic you know it's just like this yeah. very approachable magnetic person who's just like hey what's going on and you know forever happy but <laughs> but uh yeah like so when did you like when did you start performing and then when did it become such an issue that you were just you really took notice uh, the first time I ever got on stage was I got uh, it was through a MySpace thing. There's this guy. Nice. He actually he lives in California now. His name's Dan Danny Primavera, uh, and he's uh, he's in a band now called New Leaf out there. It's a reggae band. Oh, um, but um, I got kind of picked up by his little label called Band Doobie Records um, back when, and. Uh, Soja was actually on that. They had a compilation, and it was like me, Soja, Filibuster, and some other guys. And Soja, uh, like you mean the reggae band or the guy from yeah, Florida? Yeah, yeah, Soja, the reggae band. Oh, okay, wow. It was it was in the early days of Soja. Yeah, and uh, and I went out there to record, and um, I just thought that I was going out there to record. That's all that I ever did was record. And Filibuster was a band that I really looked up to. Like they toured with Sublime back then, and uh, back in the day, at least. And uh, so I went out there and recorded with uh, uh, Mike Scheffner, a filibuster recorded me. And that, and filibuster had a show at the end of the week. And they were like, you're getting on stage. And I was like, what? Uh. <laughs> so that, I was kind of forced up on stage to perform. I did it. I was terrified. Uh, but it was it worked out. And then I came back and we, st- we formed a band and then we started playing. So that kind of like got me out of that. I got you. So it sort of um, forced you to sort of. Yeah, like, it was like, oh, your no, you're performing, there. dude. Like, you're, and I was like, no. It's like, how do you say <laughs> no to the people that, to people that you look up to and you, like, really respect exactly. as musicians and artists and people? You're just yes. like, um, no. And okay. they were the backing band, which was amazing. Nice. Like, was so, so, what, so it, was, it a, it was it a good crowd then, too? Yeah, yeah. It was in a place called, uh, oh, gosh. I can't even remember. Um can't i can't remember the place but it was in sacramento oh i think the place closed down now um we recorded this place in sacramento called the style shop okay uh a skateboarder owned it uh, matt rodriguez but then i forgot where we played but anyways um yeah so i performed they you know and then i went home actually that next day so it was like the last day at night i was there (laughs) and performed woke up came back to south bend to a snowstorm oh and then uh formed a band uh and uh we started performing and playing around and josh Fischel from bargain music came played with us here and we played some shows um but then when the band kind of defunct or whatever uh we all went our separate ways i just started recording again and now i'm back here and we have a we have a band um downtown temperature and and it's you know like i said my drummer wants to perform i don't know 
Yeah, you should, man. Fucking bring yeah. it to Toledo. I'll, I'll I'll hook you up with the OT. I mean, they're not gonna pay you for shit, but you know, like if you want <laughs> yeah. a spot to play, like what a place to play. That's cool, man. Yeah, you know, sometimes that's what it takes. It, it's weird. Like I've been so like I recently started taking on the booking for me and my wife, and that was something I never. I, I've done it before when I was younger, but like I haven't done it in a long time. My wife is very. Um, she likes to have a finger on the pulse of everything that's going on, you know, with with us. So yeah. she took on the booking a lot, but it wasn't happening. She got sidetracked. So I started booking. And so I'm talking to these venues and, you know, I'm fucking I've been doing this for a long time now. And some of these venues, they want you to come and play their open mic. And before they can. And I get it. But I'm like, look, I can just send you my EPK and you can see a video of us playing in there <laughs> so yeah it's like it, it it doesn't piss me off but i just feel like it's kind of insulting for people who've been doing this for a long time and and it's nothing against open mics and stuff like we'll still do open mics it's not that it's just the fact that you can't what you can't receive a fucking email and see what i've done it's like my epk looks nice motherfucker you can't yeah. really just take that shit yeah and it's uh, so for Clean. me i just i just like i just you know i i hang up the phone and i'm like well that's that i'm not playing that club <laughs> because because i don't have time it's like i have a four-year-old i have a wife who has an acting career now which is is weird because she never was an actress before moving here uh but uh and, and you know we have we're busy so it's it's weird yeah but you know some some venues need that some venues need to see you and and maybe that's what you guys need maybe come here and get seen and then come back yeah <laughs> and that's yeah, all you well, can really do right <laughs> you could just keep you just keep going back to those places hoping more people will show up did you ever hear of this band um back in the day they were called Gilman Terra's Party Dream no they were big. They were they had like a really good regional following. Like Chicago, I know they were selling shit out in Chicago. Like they were playing Brooklyn a lot. Um, Toledo, they would sell out shows and just and they were on uh, uh, the Black Leaves, Lee Black Leaves, the Black Keys. Uh, they had a um, <clears throat> what they have. They had a label called Audio Eagle, and they were signed to that for a little while. Oh, okay. Well, here he comes. This, my son has awoken. <laughs> uh, here it comes. What's wrong? Give me one second. Okay, go ahead. Um. Sorry. Oh, uh, you're good. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you too. <laughs> That's so nice. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. This is my son Bishop. Oh, what's up, Bishop? Oh, here you go. He's oh. <laughs> Hey, I'm working right now. If you go over your iPad. Okay, go ahead. Just open it up and go. Why don't you go potty first? Because you probably have to go pee pee. That's probably why you're freaking out. <laughs> yeah, he's holding his butt. I bet he has to poop. <laughs> 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 Woke up having to drop a deuce. Um, okay, so that's probably going to have to, we're probably going to have to wrap this up because yeah, he's yeah, not going to let me, he's, he just woke up, but I, I've been, I've been, um, uh, what's the best, uh, let's listen to a song. What song should we listen to? Um, I would say, I would say pop one, uh, maybe creature creature okay. Yeah, by downtown temperature. Okay. Pop that song on. Let, let's do it. Okay. And, uh, so. 
Uh, yeah, another one. Let's do another one, too. We'll do back-to-back. Creature and then uh, Waves Crash would be a good one. Okay. So we're going to listen to Creature and Waves Crash back-to-back, and then we'll be right back with Knowledge Born 07. I'm loving it, and then all of a sudden, it's like, fuck, halfway through, oh, oh,
And we're back. Um, okay, so I've been. Do you, have you ever seen that show, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld? Yes. Okay, so Dana Carvey on the new season is on it, and um, he just asked this awesome question. And Jerry Seinfeld thought it was an amazing question because it was a question no one has ever asked him before. So he was, he was blown away too. But I just love the question, and so I've been ending my podcast now with this question that I think is just nice, and it's a nice, positive way to end something. As someone who's been trying to de- trying to be way more positive in life, what is um, what when do you feel most loved? Mm. I feel most loved when I'm surrounded by uh, my whole family. I mean when i'm at home and and we're having dinner and uh or right after school when the kids are off school and i know that uh they're safe in their home and uh they've you know gone to school and done their thing and they tell me all their stories or they don't say a word i ask them how school is and they say "Eh, it was okay at least the you know just the fact knowing that um that they're home safe and and that nothing during that day hurt them so yeah that's so nice i see i love that question i love that question because it's like it always makes me smile and and like it always makes my guests be like yeah i like this but i don't know (laughs) do you tend to be a more positive person or do you tend to be a little bit more pessimistic by the way my son kind of passed back out so we might have a few minutes here (laughs) a little bit of both man I, I i i try to be as positive as i can but you know sometimes get knocked down and and it's hard to keep that positive flow but i at least i try i I wake up and i pray every day and before i go to bed i pray and i and i try to work on my positivity but it's not always what is internal with me for sure i mean internally sometimes you know there's definitely a lot of sadness and and whatever you know struggle with just being sometimes you know my um i have some friends who like are proud of their pessimism and was like, why Why are you trying to be positive? What's there to be positive about? And I was like, well, it's like, I feel that. I feel like, you know, like making these snarky remarks about everything, you know, whatever. Being, you know, making like the hipsters, you know, making fun of, you know, shit in their ironic way or whatever it is. I just find it like way more exhausting to be that than to just be like, okay, what's the light side of this situation, you know? Yeah. And working on that has been really huge, especially just for um, just for everyday living. Um, it's been better for my relationship with my family. It's just, I mean, you know, like it's just it makes things easier if you're not just like from zero to a hundred because some guy cut you off right it's like right. <laughs> you're just like this motherfucker i'll kill him i'll kill his family yeah. you know and, and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that's just a shitty example but you know what i'm talking about when you have those moments where anger kind of overcomes or sadness overcomes or whatever it is whatever the negative emotion that's trying to take hold trying to see the positive side of whatever it is is it's just it's it's, it's hard at first, but as you practice it, it's something that kind of comes easy, and it, it's been helping me a lot. So, so when people, when when my friends who are pessimists, they say that shit, I'm just like, dude, it's really exhausting being a negative person, and it's it, it exhausts yeah. other people. I yeah. Don't, I, have you ever been around anybody who's just been like, oh, everything's gray and bad, and then you like leave them feeling bad about something? You know, yeah, like, just, yeah, you just yeah. like 
ew, you made me feel worse. <laughs> like, yeah. that, or or it's exhausting to hear that. To hear some for sure. Complaint. I think sometimes most of the like the most pessimistic people are probably that's an armor. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, totally. It's like it's definitely an armor that they you know that they need to work through to to have trust. You know, to trust. Yeah, thing, probably it's their armor against against their insecurities and their yeah. like perceived failures or whatever it is that they see bad about themselves and try to project onto others or or other things it's uh it's weird and, sure. and that's that i was like the king of that so yeah no i struggle I, with it too at times man i mean i try not to I, I, but uh how I do think you we all do to an uh, extent is there something that you do this sort of like is there like a ritual or something that you do to try to uh, i don't know i mean you said prayer from, you said prayer yeah is that something yeah for sure prayer because i i mean i have a relationship with god and that's a huge thing for me but also you're uh, practicing catholic still yeah yeah cool there's also there's also uh there's this guy who's a monk uh and his name's tick not han and that dude's helped me through a lot you should look him up tick not han t-h-i-c-h hold on I'm right by my son's art supplies, so I can j- I have access to things. I actually this is not where I normally record podcasts when I'm doing stuff. I'm actually in the kitchen or in the dining room, so <laughs> <laughs> I usually do it in the studio or in our bedroom. But my son was in there. My wife's teaching, so I'm out in there. Oh, uh, anyways. Uh, so what was his name? Yeah, his name's Tick Not Han, and it's T H I C H N H A T. H A H N. My pen died. Okay, we're gonna have to go back. Yeah, that so guy's great, man. T-I-C- he's got some great books, and he's just uh, his his quotes and everything. That guy's a great thing. Also, what we do at home, some uh, we have uh, we have a room that is just the room basically for prayer. And when uh, when the kids before the kids go to bed, we all sit in there. And it's kind of like nice lit, and, you know, like oh. uh, white lights and stuff. Mm-hmm. We do, we go around and we say prayer and then we say, you know, if anybody has anything to say, like, you know, that they want to pray about it for somebody else. And we kind of have that moment together before we uh, go to bed. And that has helped a lot. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's similar to what we do. My wife is, so I, I'm not really, I'm not really religious person as I was when I was a kid. I'm probably more agnostic, whatever that is. Uh, my wife, she's sort of in that genre, but she's still, but she's been making us pray over dinner, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll do it. And and you know what it is? It's just I had a bad experience with religion growing up, so I didn't, I don't really care for it. But like, I don't, I'm yeah. not like, I don't hate people for, you know, believing or whatever. I respect everybody's beliefs or whatever. Same way. <laughs> but um, but the one thing that I really think has helped in just being appreciative of because I was really <laughs> I was very against moving back here, um, moving back to the Midwest. <laughs> I was very happy and very I, I really liked my life in San Diego. But like coming back here was really hard for me because I always saw it as like failure to come back home. Um which it's not. That's just all in your fucking head. But what she's done to sort of, I don't know, it's helped mitigate it and sort of like put things in a better perspective is like every night before bed, she she's like, she asks my son, he's like, Bishop, 
what are you thankful for? He's like, I want to hear what you're thankful for. And then so we just go yeah. through things, and it can be anything. It's like, I'm thankful for the meal, I'm, or I'm thankful that we got to see a movie together as a family. I'm thankful for, yeah. you know. And and she kind of did that to sort of mitigate my weird thing with prayer and God and stuff. So, like, she just sort of found yeah. this cool way of doing it. And then, of course, my guard has been let down a lot since I'm getting older. And, like, what's the point of holding this weird anger or grudge against something that was subjective, you know, that happened to just me uh, uh, growing up with religion? I mean, it didn't just happen to me. I know a lot of people have been affected negatively about religion, by religion. But so it's just a nice it's just a nice thing, especially to end the night. And, And like you go to your prayer room which is really beautiful and it's like your family and you're just oh that's nice man i really dig that i really dig that you have a specific room for that and and then so like that's all you guys do with that room there's just nothing else goes on in there just that yeah i mean there's actually there's these things called angel cards they have and i don't know i don't know if it's uh i don't know it's it's these little cards and they have uh just little sayings on them or um yeah, pretty much just little sayings on them, and and I have it in one of those singing bowls, oh, and we yeah, kind of yeah. pass that around, so you can like think about a question to yourself or whatever, and then whatever card you get, you pull it out, and you look at it, and it is what it is. I mean, it's it's speaking directly to you in your own way, you know, and it's yeah. not, it's I don't push any kind of anything on anybody because here I am a Catholic, but I'm also I I uh, you know I look for I think that we we're all set on our own path. And we find God in our own ways. So, uh, and we find peace in our own ways. And it's, you know, it's our own, it's our own road to travel. Right. And pushing it on someone else and forcing it on someone else is not the right way to do it. You know. No, totally. Yeah, I mean, that's part. Of, that's a big part of the reason why we're constantly fighting, right? Or at least yeah. that's what they're we're told. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, it is. It is a big part of it. It is a big part of why why the world is in conflict and that's uh, it's just so silly but you know. <laughs> it, it's you know like it's silly but you know it's real and it's sad so it's very it's, real it's, yeah. have you ever have you ever like tried meditation or anything like i don't know like has that ever been something that you've been yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, when i was that? a kid when i was a kid i was like drawn to native american culture oh sweet. because of because of the doors actually yeah <laughs> hell yeah man but it was because of jim morrison actually and uh well I that movie book that oliver stone with... movie too you that yeah. opens with that right so, yeah the, man like Indian. when i would go to arizona too and just being oh, in the goodness. desert you kind of like it's just so different than midwest and <sighs> having that vibe but i uh i got this book when i was a kid and it was called trance dance and uh, it was basically it came with the CD and it had um, it had a tribal um, like breathing techniques uh, with like tribal music in the background. And it had this uh, Native American that was speaking um, and uh, like speaking and you're supposed to breathe with him, you know, and it was all about timing and everything like that. And um, I, I sat and tried to meditate with that after I read this book and. Actually, man, it was before I ever tried weed as a kid and and all of that. And I really like realized that meditation is real. And I tried it again later on when I when I when I 
you know, dabbled in, in marijuana or whatever. And I didn't <laughs> have whatever. the same effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I didn't have the same effect yeah. uh, that when I did it when I was clear. Mm. And um, it, it, it's cool, man. I think That's that there's, there's something else, you know. There, to me personally, I think there's something else. I think it's the Holy Spirit personally. Yeah, Jesus, no. you know, for me. But, that's cool. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, 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 man. I mean, like, <laughs> what, whatever it is, it's definitely something that's bigger than us that that we can't understand. And and it's, <laughs> I've been talking about this a lot lately too. Is that with like science, um, you can only drill down so far where we're at in science. You can only drill down so far on a certain thing. Like, let's say, like. Uh, the universe or the or an atom and you can only drill down so far like there's atoms there's quarks there's neutrons you know they just keep pulling it apart and then you get to a certain point where they're just like well it's it's magic we don't know we don't know it's like how did the big bang happen how did that one pin yeah, there's that turn in how did where did that one pin of yeah. whatever it was that imploded or exploded and created an entire universe what where did that come from? And so yeah. when you drill down far enough, it's magic. <laughs> and then yeah. so that what that is is something that is man. is much bigger than us. We can't even comprehend it. And so what is that? Is that is that Jesus? Is that the Holy Spirit? Is that Allah? Is that fucking right. is that just some fucking weird unconscious energy that just sort of formed one day? Like, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Which Neil deGrasse Tyson, I heard him try to explain it a couple times, which I could never, ever re- reproduce his explanation. But <laughs> he, he's just such a brilliant human being. Yeah, um, he is. But, uh, yeah, so it, it's just, there's something because we can't explain it. And if you can't explain it, then there's something more than just, you know, here we are, you know, this is it. I don't know. I mean, and like, I'm not even saying there's an afterlife or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, I mean, just f- our sheer existence alludes to something bigger than just fucking, you know, just waking up and going to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Our mere existence is, is a miracle yeah. of itself. So it's like, who knows? And, and like, the people who do say they know for a fact in any direction, um, and, and I know, uh, becoming coming from Catholicism, I know that faith is the is the end and and the beginning and the end. You know, it's all faith. Uh, and that don't work out too much for me, but I can see how that works for some. And like, I, I just feel like anybody who has thinks or says they have the absolute truth is not does not. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know, I mean, like, yeah, I, I I'm sure you have questions. Really. I'm sure you have questions about so Catholicism many. and the Bible and stuff that so make, many. you know, I mean, like you're not you're a devout Christian and you and you believe in it and you have a prayer room and you you believe wholeheartedly in a higher power. But there are certain questions that are like, this is weird. It's like, why did God hate gay people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or where did that come from? You know, like, so yeah. you got to think where these things came from that that people the questions that people have have yeah translated yeah right so so there's just there's holes in everything and so there's no absolute truth for anything and so that's why everyone's on their own little path because it's like there's no one answer to answer it all yet maybe i don't know (laughs) yeah so i don't know yeah it's it's like everybody's on their own trip man and that's fine 
It's like, be on your own trip. Do your thing. It's all gravy. Just don't try to blow me up for thinking one way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is there any uh, songs that you might want to play from maybe uh, a past catalog that, that's not current or anything? Oh, let's play that Tommy Dub song, that Tommy Dub remake. Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. Cool? That's a good one. Okay, yeah. sweet. So, and, and, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of it already. Cause I, I believe he did uh, Dub Knowledge is what it was called. Uh, um, uh, actually, you know, I, I, <laughs> I can't even think of the name. That's okay. Well, so, you sent it in a link, so I, I have access yeah. to it. So, uh, we'll play I would that. say that, and then there's one called Blessed with uh, on my Cosmic Knowledge album, and it's uh, with Prince Poe. That's a good one. Okay. Let's listen to that. So we'll listen to the, the Tommy Dub Dub remix of Dub Knowledge, and then we'll listen to Blessed, and we'll be back, and we'll wrap up here. Sounds like your guys are getting a little antsy to, to play. So yeah, they're, we'll get they're, you on your way here. ready to go. Okay, so we'll listen to that and come right back. Wish I could tell you Not wasting time, can't spare a dime Trying to shake these the willow blues The scene from my window, sorrow is sinful What is a man to do? Where do we go? Ask all the questions, demand the answers Run till the time has come Man, the answers run till the time has come. 
trying to shake these the willow blues. The scene from my window, sorrow and sinful. What is a man to do? Where do we go? We're gonna find the one. Ask all the questions, demand the answers. Run till the time has come. And we're back. Knowledge Born 07, thank you very much for your time, man. I appreciate your openness and honesty, about, especially about religion. I know that's a weird thing. Some people get weird about that. and So thank you yeah, for, for sure. being open and honest about, you know, about yourself, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate the time you took to, to for the interview. And uh, like I said, man, if, you're ever, uh, if your band's ever looking to play somewhere around here in town, those places, Vegetable Buddies, McCormick's, um, Smokestack, or The Shine Bar. Those are all great places. All right, sweet, man. All right, we'll talk so to hit you. hit me up, and I'll try to link it up for you. All right, sweet, man. All right, we'll talk to you later. That is Knowledge Born 07. Thank you very much for reaching out to me, bud, and uh, coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and life and family and music. I always appreciate everybody who comes on the show. It's just it's just always unbelievable to me. It's like every time I have sex, it's like so unbelievable to me because I never got it as a young man like <laughs> until I was 20. I lost my virginity. So it's like every time I have sex is like, wow, I'm having sex right now. And that's what it's like when I talk to guests. It's like, wow, this person is doing this with me. They're sharing these moments with me. Seriously, I do feel like that every time, which is weird. I'm sorry that was a weird analogy. You can find Knowledge Born. I'll put those links in the in the show notes. Um, the links are weird. They're not like it's not like Facebook.com slash Knowledge Born. It has like all the numbers and stuff. And you can I'll put the link for down temperature downtown temperature in the link is uh, in the show notes as well. Holy shit! I gotta go to bed. Leave a review on iTunes. Share. Subscribe. Anywhere you get your uh, podcast, write the show. We speak English good at gmail.com. Go to the Barren Wasteland. That is the website. We speak English good.net. Okay, guys, I love you, but I need to go the fuck to bed. Have a great day. Good night. And um, uh, HJs for everybody. And uh, be good to your fellow human beings. Uh. <laughs>